Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. What's today, Mike? Today is Happy National Chocolate Moose Day. Oh, that's a good one. I can get down with that. Yeah, I yeah. thought you could. That's not bad. Um, all right, boys and girls. At this point, everybody knows the news. Um, Endeavor, the owner of the parent company of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, announced today that they are purchasing 51% of World Wrestling Entertainment. And they will be spinning off World Wrestling Entertainment and UFC into their own publicly traded company with the stock symbol TKO because everything's a joke. Um, it's cute. <laughs> there's a lot of levels to discussing this. I know I feel there's times when we talk about wrestling and like mostly me and people are like, why well, talk about wrestling on an MMA podcast? I think uh, a lot of MMA fans have been in denial about the relationship between these two entities, specifically uh, the UFC and WWE in that Literally, they're running the same business model. Literally, the same business model. Um, we're going to talk about that mostly from the MMA side of things. Um, there's a lot of levels to this. But first off, really important question. Mike, does anybody have a chance at beating Omos in the in next season's Power Slap League? Ooh, man, that's a good question, but... In fairness, even though Omas is like nine feet tall, we don't know how good his chin is. You know, like, let's see him take an actual shoot slap to the face, and, you know, then we'll know what's up. Mark doesn't know who Omas is. This dude is like six. Uh, he's do. bigger than Big Show. You see, Bro- seen him. you see Brock Lesnar throw his ass around this weekend? Uh, I, I heard he did it. I didn't see it. But it, it would be interesting because if he's that tall – Everyone's going to be reaching up, mm-hmm. you know. They're going to be arcing up. I wonder if that's going to affect their 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 slap accuracy. But I think I look at. I, I called it at the beginning of the year. If there's going to be some crossover <laughs> with power slap and WWE, that 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 could be a thing. Yeah, um, uh, you know yeah, what? I didn't think about that. Let's crossover. You know what? My, I just want to see. Let's have a fight. Brandon Moreno against the giant Omos. Just and then Brandon gets to bring. A large stick with him. Okay? To even it out a little bit. He has the skills and a large stick. We see how this works out. If this is Japan, Can Omos not take the stick from him? Is he forbidden from using the stick against that, him? That's got to be part of the rule set. Okay. Yes, that is definitely part of the rule set. Shout out to Omos, by the way. I saw a video of him uh, rapping at Wale Mania last year. Made me respect Wale, uh, Omos even more. Um, was he good? Cool. Yeah, man. It was not bad. <laughs> he was better than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> Considering I didn't know he talked. Um... All right, there's a lot going on here. Um, I don't really know how to even approach it. Um, There's a lot of jokes to be made. Um, The first one, um, 
really came from so, uh, Marco. I have sorry. a general question, uh, Bob, because I don't I don't understand the math. Because you showed me some numbers, and I don't understand how this works out. This is yeah, I did my best with the math there, but go ahead. Um, I mean, you said they they said WWE is worth was it nine million nine, nine billion. billion yeah, and Endeavor is getting fifty one percent right. Yeah. But they're paying one point something billion. No, so I said was okay. basically this is how it works. They're all going to be one company, okay? But the remaining stockholders, I guess, are going to. I, I, who owns the remaining forty nine percent is the existing WWE infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. So the way WWE's ownership structure is, is that this is the most relevant part. Thirty seven percent, thirty seven point six percent of the company is owned by Vince McMahon, okay? The reason he's able to do whatever the fuck he wants though is that he owns eighty three percent of the voting shares. Which, okay, nice. shout out, by Goodbye. the way, before we poke holes into issues of this ethically and stuff, as someone who runs a business, and I just want to say, this is just good business for by everybody involved here. Like, well done, okay? Well done with everybody involved. Just, I'm going to say that off the bat, okay? But anyway, Vince owns 37.6% of the thing of WWE. They're going to sell 51% of it to um, UFC, to Endeavor. Um, the value of WWE was assigned at $9.3 billion in this deal. UFC's value being a little over $12 billion. Long story short, Vince McMahon walked away with like one point. I think I sent you the number. Was it 1.7 billion or okay, something like that? Okay. So yeah. he, he himself yeah. got that. No, not counting that with the other percentages everybody gets. And if you're a WWE stockholder, I don't know. I'm not that smart. Um, feel free either of you to chime in if you are, if you know what the fuck's going on here. Um, so, um, Do not. yeah. Fucking like five degrees and two advanced ones are between us. We got no clue. America teaches you nothing about the real world. Um, so, yeah, um, it looks like what's going to happen is Dana White's still the president of the UFC. Nick Khan is still president of WWE. Nick Khan is a super agent. Um, was. Was a super agent. Was uh, He helped actually negotiate the broadcast deals for... WWE that this last go around which made them a couple billion dollars so that's how he kind of got the job they realized they had a lot of faith in him he's also uh Iranian shout out Nick Khan well done buddy making us look good as business people um Dana's still president of the UFC Dana Vince McMahon is going to be executive chairman I'm not clear if that means he's above he's overseeing anything related to UFC I don't know about that I'm not clear yet of the structure there um, it's still Ari Emanuel running the shit with Patrick Whitesell above everybody. Um, WWE wrestling fans, allegedly Vince McMahon is in charge of the WWE product, but as he put it, he's not in the weeds creatively. Mike, go ahead and assume nobody actually believes those words, just based on what's happening right now, uh, like as we speak. <laughs> um, um just look at WrestleMania yesterday yeah. and the aforementioned Omos versus Brock Lesnar fight. I was going to say the main event where uh, we're just going to LOL Roman wins. Um, anyway, so on the UFC side, Mark, I think honestly the biggest issue here on the UFC side is they really need to, I'd say they need to, I'm not sure if there's consequences here, but they need to put a firewall up of some kind. A virtual firewall or something that divides these two entities, especially in an era in a time where they're getting like investigated for a fix for the James Krause stuff. Like we just we're just dipping our toe into the gambling at all, you know? Like it just became legal. It's like legal in 19 states, I think. It's not gonna become less that stuff. 
they really got to make sure they're not conflating the two. I mean, what was what do you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And in general, when you first heard about this deal? Yeah, I'm not. I was never really concerned about them endeavor owning WWE and that's somehow influencing the UFC to start fixing fights. I, for me, that seems like a, kind of a leap because um, I think that just kind of muddles the integrity of one of your products to kind of mirror. Sorry to interrupt. I meant, I meant more so like they have to make sure it does not look in any way that like. I'm I'm really thinking about the time when TNA had Tito and Rampage have a fake feud on TV and then try to have a real fight afterwards. That type of stuff gives off the impression I mean, of what, like, what is, this a, is this a real fight? Or, I mean, they literally just have a scandal right now, Mark, about building their fixed fights happening in the UFC. They got taken well, off the board. I think there's two different things. I think you could, if they want to have UFC fighters appear on Raw and have some kind of like fake altercation and stuff, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, I think there's obviously a problem if they're, if there's fixed fighting or if WWE is somehow involved in these bettings and aligning themselves or manipulating them to some degree to financially benefit themselves. I haven't heard of anything like that, but if they want to do cross promotion where they have the fighters on raw and, I mean, that's happening. They pretend sure. to hit each other with a chair or something. I don't really, I mean, as, as long as it's not actually endangering the fight and, we're, you know, we're, you know, potentially injuring a combatant that's not going to be able to perform in a couple weeks because they want to do like a publicity stunt. I personally don't see any issue with that. I think it'd be a little hokey, mm. but I don't, I don't also put it past them either. I think it would also be something they haven't done. I think something that I've been critical of since Endeavors, you know, bought the UFC is they're not using all their branches to promote the other, right? Like I not seeing a lot of that cross pollination. It seems like they are keeping the things yep. separate. So if they wanted to have WWE people on UFC stuff, I think that would be a little weird. Like if they, if they started having like Roman Reigns is in the back of the locker room at a pay-per-view and then one of the other wrestlers like attacks him during a UFC pay-per-view and, and and they air it as part of the UFC pay-per-view as a fan, I'd be a little confuddled because it's like, I don't really care about the WWE and what they're pushing to then in, infuse that into the product. I think would be a bad move as I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other way around, I don't really care. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see a lot of negatives. I, I the way I see it is like Endeavor just, they were a talent agency, right? Uh-huh. They bought the UFC. They're like, this is a bit of a jump for us as a business this isn't really what we do but this is like a big content creator mm. and it's fucking made them all their money right like mm-hmm. it, it seems like from what i'm understanding it's like this is their big um it carried them prize horse here and now they they're in a situation where they have another seemingly similar product that they're like oh well here's another workhorse who just puts out content constantly it has a big fan base it generates a lot of money the UFC was a huge financial boon for us. You know, it was an, it was what allowed them to become in like the open market and the stock market. Why not buy another one of these things? That's you know very. It's the products are different, but yeah. like you said, how they structure themselves and how they generate revenue and how they garner interest is very similar. It's like, well, let's just pick up another one of these and and this will be how we make money. I mean, I think that kind of yeah. I mean, let me tell you. Um, I mean, I was talking to Stefan about it earlier. And he said he's not sure the optics of a fixed stunt show and a legit smart being under the same umbrella, you know, about he said about what well, he says, you know, the show he says it's kind of an odd look, right? And I said, 
I don't disagree with you, but then again, this is a company that didn't care about the optics of the president of the company slapping the shit out of his wife on camera. So, you know, they don't well, care. Well, it's like, or the, the other board was... New, or the new executive chairman, no less Being than a what, sex pest? A year ago, having paid off... L- you know what, just look at him. ...the past 20 years... <laughs> Um, a bunch of, uh, what was it, sexual misconduct? You, or you know what? You want to feel husband. gross. You read those fucking Wall Street Journal's articles about him trying to pass these women around to other people. Just put that out there. Um, yeah, it's a... I don't know. I mean, Mike, I, I guess what were your first thoughts about this whole thing? Beyond just like, fuck, I honestly thought fucking well done, Endeavor. You got two of the... I, for, honestly, my thought was you got two. you got two things here where the fan bases have shown that they will follow the product no matter where you put it. They will show up. You can move... You you, you know how many different channels we've watched UFC on, guys? Have you thought about this? Like, do you guys remember Fuel, Versus? Spike, do you remember, do you remember versus. that Ion channel for a minute? There was that thing. There was Spike, ESPN+, Plus, FS2, fucking FS1, Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, ABC, Plus, ABC Actual Fox... These people got two very loyal fan bases that are willing to chase their products to the end of the earth that aren't going anywhere. So I thought business-wise, genius move. But beyond that, what were your thoughts when you heard about the news? Mm-hmm. Well, the first one, it's it was a thought of, well, finally. Um, we'd only been talking about it for about two years at this point. Um, and the other was a bit of a sense of disappointment. Um, one, because I, I think originally we all thought, oh, great. Vince is gone when he originally left. Like, there's no way he's coming back from this. Then he came back, and all of us thought, well, this is just so that he can sell it. Then when he sells it, maybe, most likely, he'll be gone, and they'll probably just want to keep pretty much everyone else around. You know, like, they're just trying to placate him uh, so that they could get the sale. But, no, no. Ariel Manuel gave him a pretty full-throated uh, support on his uh, CNBC interview today, uh, saying that he wouldn't have made the sale if um, if Vince McMahon wasn't going to to stay on. So it's it's a little disheartening, uh, to be honest. Um, I don't know exactly where uh, the WWE is going to go from here. Um, there's no way there's not going to be changes. Uh, similar to how we saw, I think, with the UFC, uh-huh. where, hey, at that time, it was you spend $4 billion for something. Uh, you know, you got creditors and shit that you got to placate and stockholders, especially now. Mm. And you're trying to get a return on your investment. And we saw that with some increased hardball, I would say, with some contract negotiations with a mm. lot of the uh, the top stars. And... Perhaps that might be the case now with uh, with people in the WWE. I mean, spoiler Nick, alert, Mike. I mean, spoiler alert to everybody's watching. President, but Nick Khan, Nick Khan, and Vince McMahon are not the ones writing the checks anymore. I mean, spoiler alert for wrestling fans, and I guess I don't know how many WWE wrestlers are listening to our podcast. Probably zero. When Endeavor buys the company, they're not pay- they're not giving out more money at the end of it. They did not buy the company to cut larger checks for everybody. All right. I mean, I literally, by the way, was. Re- reading about how you can like pay for the for them to put your name on the uh, octagon canvas this weekend and then they'll mail it to you when it's over like have you guys looked at what the number of fucking ads on the mat on the canvas now with the ufc oh i know it's insane dude has it increased it is there's no room anymore 
it's everywhere. Like, it's every square inch. And like, I mean, I was watching that WrestleMania match where it was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I'm just looking at that match. Who doesn't love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? It was, it was kind of weird also because it was like a like supposed to be like a blood feud type thing. It was like it was like a serious. I mean, serious. It was fucking Ray and his Ray Mysterio and his son. But like, it was like an emotional feud. It's supposed to be. And I'm just like, yo, I got. And I have like some. And and we all know the cereal for blood feuds is Captain Crunch. I mean, I got some. That uh, shit will cause some pain on the top of your of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, oof. I just I don't know. I mean, I think like. You're about to see a lot more, a lot more ads, a lot more sponsors. They're gonna milk this for everything it can. You you mean more than the Mountain Dew blackout match? I mean, again, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, man. The whole thing was covered in Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was it was interesting. Um, I think I'm gonna get some Captain Crunch now that I think about it. You know what? Get some Catalina Crunch. It's like the low carb keto fucking. It's pretty good. I'm just saying. I've, I got it. It's pretty good. That's what I had after the Cinnamon Coast Crunch match. I had that one. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we got to see what happens here. I think, like, by the way, UFC fighters who were just like, oh, let's talk about this end of it, guys. This fucker's worth $12 billion now. It was worth $4 billion um, seven years ago. So they've already tripled their money. Again, good business. Well done. I saw a couple UFC fighters being like, does this mean we get paid more? Nope. Does it? Let me just tell you right now, you're not getting paid more. None of you are getting paid more. Um, it's not happening. Um, if anything, I mean, I was going to say, if I was a WWE fan, I would worry about the whole uh, pay-per-views just being part of the subscription thing. Um, being just coming with your Peacock subscription. Ooh, that'd be nice. I, I mean, I mean, I know I think it's going to go the other way. I think, I think you're going to have to start paying for pay-per-views again on WWE. Just putting that out there. Yeah, because yeah. you don't now. You don't. Right? You pay. You pay Peacock yeah, five bucks, I, ten I, bucks. I, I would imagine that yeah. might be a thing that changes. For they, sure. they never. They literally raise the price every year on the UFC pay per views, and you can't just tell me, "Oh, it's ESPN's decision." No, it's not. <laughs> okay, you can't convince me of that. Can't be done. All right, can't be done. Um, I look forward to a specific sponsor being responsible for all the clothes in WWE too. That's sh- that should be interesting. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, as a wrestler, if I was a wrestler, I think this is not as good for the wrestling side of it. If I was a fan, I would not think anything's going to come good of this. Personally, I don't know. I mean, I saw Conor McGregor was already working on Sunday. He was already uh, he was already going back and forth with uh, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, God bless you, buddy. Setting up that next. That's that's why Roman won, Mike. That's what it is. Conor Conor's coming to take the title. Mark, do you think there's a chance Connor's known about this for like six months, a year, and he's just like, let me get on the fucking gas right now. I got to get to WWE because it's an upper body business, baby. All right. You got to get I big. mean, yeah, but <laughs> even so, like, it, it, dude might be pushing 185, but that's still cruiserweight in WWE. Like, I hope if, if that's the case, Bobby, I hope he's been practicing his flipping and dipping off the top rope because that's all they want little boys like him to do over there. So I don't know what he's trying to push Paul Heyman for because – I mean, look, I guess they they had Mayweather knock out Big Show, right? So they can obviously can bend reality how they want. But I think when you have a product where it's all about, you know, big meaty men slapping meat, there's not enough meat on those Connor bones just, to sell nothing. Just for context, Ricochet weighs 188 pounds. He's listed at 188 pounds. No, he's not. Pounds. Ricochet's 160 pounds. Okay, Ricochet's, Ricochet weighs one. Ricochet weighs 150 soaking weight, man. Wait, come on. Come on. Oh, no. Um, honestly, uh, wrestling, in fairness, has changed a lot. They're all Chris Jericho size, so they're all billed at six foot and really five foot ten. 
So, I mean, I'm making sure. a joke here. So we'll I see. thought that was more AEW who's like, no, all of we want talent over size. No, it's, it's, they got like six big guys, big guys total between all Xavier the companies. Xavier Woods is 205 pounds, and there's no way he's sniffing the title. Vinny Mac is still like too small. Yeah, anyway. Well, we'll Those see. What, honestly, um, there's the whole thing here where we got hundreds and hundreds of independent contractors who are misclassified as independent contractors under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. No one's going to do anything about this. Um, if I'm the fighters, if I'm the wrestlers, both of these companies have to cut new TV deals soon. WWE sooner rather than later. I mean, I'd say let's all get together here. Let's make a couple of phone calls and make sure we get a good piece of the pie here. But it's not going to happen um, at all. And um, I don't think and on the wrestling side of it, um, there are WrestleMania, there are post WrestleMania cuts every year. They like to release people after WrestleMania. Um, has so it happened yet? Huh? Has it happened yet? No, nope, not yet. I mean, not, not immediately, not like the week later, but like they do the post WrestleMania cuts. Um, a couple of years ago, it was during COVID when they cut so many people. Um, so I would think that Endeavor's about to, we're about to trim this fucking thing up a little bit over at WWE. So, uh, Ring of Honor. AEW, Impact Wrestling, uh, New Japan, all probably gonna have more people to choose from. You're gonna have to see what happens there. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a lot. This is this is a big story, but it's hard to get into the weeds really because you don't know what is gonna happen because we really don't. And um, it's just like just get all the scumbags under one umbrella, huh, man? The woman beater, the sex pest. Let's put them all together, huh? We'll run company. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah. They're probably going to raise the UFC pay-per-view price to $100 because they had to pay for WWE, huh? Yeah. By the way, all these people who are like, whenever people talk about fighter pay or like the bloody elbow and uh, puts up uh, stories about revenue, projected revenue and stuff for UFC. And all these people who go on social media and I knock, I worry that these are real people that say, oh, why do you care? And they don't, you don't know how much money they make and you're just making stuff up and you're a hater. Well, the news today and the press releases we saw today, well, they were all accurate because these people are all making that much money. They are making money hand over fist. They are running a supremely profitable business. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the fighters cut my fighters and wrestlers cut themselves a pretty decent uh, decent size of this pie maybe next time. So we'll see. You know, we got, we, got a, we got one giant organization that's got television airing on Fox, uh, NBC, or... NBC Universal, which is USA. You got ESPN. You got the Peacock thing happening. You got ESPN. There's so many different. Um, what am I calling for? What's the name of this? Where different places they're airing. Um, channels. Channels. But I was trying to think <laughs> like different distribution. They're platforms. Thank you. Uh, platforms. Thanks. A lot of platforms. So yeah, um, they are going to make a lot of money with this. They're going to keep making a lot of money, and I'm just curious, Mike. Which UFC legends are headlining the first Saudi show in U- for UFC? Uh, well, I saw Chuck, I I saw Chuck hitting Rousey, pads. I saw Chuck hitting her. pads the other day. He looked real fat. Mark, Mark, I think I said it to you. Chuck was looking, in fairness, he's like 50, was looking a little mm-hmm. soft. Looking yes. like he's ready to get to, to be sent to Saudi Arabia to knock to try to knock out Randy, you know, to knock out Tito. Let's uh, let's get it together. Um, mm. yeah, it's got to be a particularly famous UFC star. Yes, it's Chuck. Chuck versus Forrest. Let's just write it down. All right, that's the fight. <laughs> okay, nah, that, that ain't it. We never got it. Isn't. I don't think we never got that one right. 
We never got no, Chuck from the forest. Can't have Dana's boys fighting each other. That's just not acceptable. You know, don't work like that. Um, yeah, we'll see where this goes from here. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about WWE when Mike and I talk about Mania in the uh, stuff we like. Um, which much of my talk will focus on the big meaty men slapping meat into Intercontinental title match. Um, anyway, um, UFC 187, I said 187, UFC 287 is uh, this weekend in Miami. Miami, traditionally a real shitty place for the UFC to try to sell tickets. They, they've openly, they, I, I'll appreciate Dana White's honesty in, in one regard where he talks about cities they failed spectacularly in and he talks about Miami all the time. Um, Feels like they're like, we're paying Jorge Masvidal all this money. Um, let's see what he can fucking do, right? That's that's my assumption of why this is happening in Miami. Because I know Gilbert Burns trains in Florida, but I think he's... But he's not a Miami He's not, player. yeah. I mean, motherfucker. What's his Cuban. Name? Jorge, yeah. Jorge's Cuban. He's from Miami. He's living a weird MAGA Scarface gimmick. Tomorrow's going to be a bad day for him. Just thinking. Um... Headlined by Alex Pajeda, Poatan himself, taking on the last stylebender, Izzy Adesanya, who at this point is thinking, man, what kind of fucking WWE entrance can I put together for this weekend? Maybe nothing. He's coming off of a loss. He's got a face tattoo now. I don't know. Yeah. Mark had a look on his face when I said face tattoo. Did you know about the face tattoo? It's like on the eyebrow. He's got some some fucking Arabic or something written on his uh, eyebrow. Okay. Okay. Not not the most encouraging. I was going to say, whatever Mark's pick was just took a hit. Um, the betting lines for this one, um, shout out to, um, best fight odds, just ruining their website and making it so I can't find stuff anymore. Um, so I got to go to the fucking UFC website to find betting odds. We got ourselves, um, Izzy coming in as a slight favorite minus one thirty five. How? Well, give me a moment to Alex's plus one fifteen. I think Mike, and we were there. It's because Izzy was winning that fight. Pretty much the whole way up until he got knocked out. And in also fairness, the other three times they fought, or two times, two other times, right? Two other times, right? In kickboxing or three? I think so. Yeah. I think this is the two other times. Yeah. He yeah. was doing pretty well in those two before things took a turn. Um, so anyway, um, we all know the story here. Izzy can't get past this guy, it seems like. And, uh, or I guess we'll see this weekend. Poetan's got a giant hole in his game. Or at least he did as of November when Mike and I were there in wrestling, the grappling side of it. But the man's got the fist the size of a catcher's mitt. He hits like a fucking Mack truck. Um, Mike, you uh, can you give us the standings, please? I could, but I haven't gotten around to actually updating them from our last time. Well, I'll do it for you. In first place right 13. now is Michael Sanchez. That's you, buddy. Mark and I, Mike and I, uh, Mark and I are tied. Okay, sorry, buddy. And then um, Mark and I, Mike and I, sorry, Mark and I are, are tied for uh, second one game back. I have no idea where Chalk is at, but Mike, you're in first, buddy. So oh, wait, you have the so honor. Did you did you do like the updates from March 13th from the no, Leon I, Edwards? I just looked Usman? at it. Well, I looked at it and saw I picked Usman. I picked Edwards. You guys picked right. Usman. But okay. Mark, mm-hmm. but then I picked Fizave, and you both picked Gaethje, so that washed those two results. And then Mark and picked, picked one of the one, Mark yeah. picked Brian Barberino over Gunnar Nelson, right? Which didn't go great. And then the other one after that, we all got correctly, which was um, O'Neill. Who? 
Casey O'Neal. Oh, no, we all got Casey O'Neal wrong, too. There was one other fight that we all got right, I think. Oh, man. I was about to, I was about to think I went four and one. Three and two. Not as good. You went but. three. No, you got you got the main event wrong. What else? You got O'Neal wrong. Yeah. So it did. That was it. And you okay. got all the other ones. I don't remember that. that. So Mark, we Mark, went, Mark went two and three. And uh, I went three and two. I think. Because I was one game back already. Yeah. Anyway. Mike, you're in first. You have the honors here. You're picking first. What are we going to do, man? Are we going to see uh, Izzy overcome this mountain? Or Poetan is just going to lose that title to a wrestler next? Basically. <laughs> now, while I was a little incredulous that Adesanya is the favorite just because just because the man has lost three times in a row to him. Um, I understand what you're saying about, um, you know, Izzy looked good until he got knocked out in that last fight. And then there's also Izzy looked good until he got knocked out in the last kickboxing fight. Yeah. And then Izzy looked good until he lost a unanimous decision. Okay, sure. Uh, but there's a common theme in all three fights. He keeps fucking losing. He finds a way to lose. This guy just might have his number. Yeah. I love Izzy, but I'm going for Pajeda. Yeah. Um, also worth mentioning, I went back and watched the last fight. I think I had Izzy up 3-1 going into the fifth. I forgot which round it was that Poetan won. Um, that stoppage um, was... I remember, I think Mark talked about it maybe a little bit, I think, when we did the show. I don't remember if he was you or not, Mark. Mm -hmm. Where you're like... We could have let that go a little bit longer. And I think Mark Goddard's an excellent referee. I think he's probably the best referee in MMA. Going back and watching it, I'm like, I'm not saying he wasn't going to get knocked out with three more punches or something. Was that not you? Am I imagining this? No, I mean, I don't. I, I I thought the stoppage was okay. Okay, might like, have been. He was still moving, but like he was looking at the ground. I don't I think it was like... a bad stoppage. I just thought that compared to other stoppages we've gotten recently, I'm just like, especially like when I'm thinking about like some of the ones where I'm like, we just let Lauren Murphy get murdered for fucking... 20 minutes here, but like, I, yeah, Izzy was much more hurt than like, like, okay. Lauren took a lot of punches. He was, he was on fish legs. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Like it's a championship fight. He's winning the fight. Maybe give him the chance to do something spectacular or crumble to the mat in a heap. Uh Oh, uh Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I, I stumbled. No, no, it's like, fine. Uh, Mark, also, I'm not trying to like relitigate the last one. I'm just saying, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a bad stoppage. I just thought we could have let this go a little longer. And that's part of me saying this is a reason Izzy's a favorite here, I think. There's a lot of factors here. That being said, I mean, I can't go shame on me. What happens when you're wrong four times? Like, I mean, he's like, he beat him three other times. I'm going to go with Poetan. I think he's going to get it done here. Um, it's a long time to got knocked out. To be clear, I hope he, I, I, I want Izzy to win just because I like Izzy a lot. I also like Poetan. I'm interested to see what, he, what skills he's developed. But I, I enjoy Izzy. I enjoy. I think Izzy's good. I think Izzy's the second greatest middleweight this sport's ever seen, quite frankly. Um, you know, a couple more wins here. He could have. He could be. I don't know. It's gonna be, take a lot to get to Anderson, just aura wise. But man's done a lot in this weight class. I think he's an excellent fighter, and I think it'd be cool to see him get redemption here. But I'm also the guy who talks about how immediate rematch it never goes well. You know, I'm the guy who picked Leon. You know. Based partly based on that, so I'm not gonna like have even more evidence and not pick the Pajeda here. So I mean, I got I got Poetan getting it done here. Um, Chalk has got Izzy, by the way. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I always was leaning with Pereira just because 
I think there's a huge mental game here where he's going to have all the confidence in the world, Face regardless tattoo. of how this fight's going. If he's losing all four rounds again, it's like I, that's kind of what happened last time. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess he, he, he squeaked one in there, but like, you know, he's always going to have the confidence that he's going to be able to pull it off. And Izzy's always going to have the fear that he could lose it. Right. It could slip through his fingers. Um, now, the only reason why I'm even thinking Izzy now is because you guys both picked him. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, maybe he made the adjustments. Um, I, I, I'll stick with my guns. I was I was always hedging with Pereira. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, I think Izzy did it. Did, he did well in that last fight. But I think some of that was off of mistakes Alex made. Um, one of the takedowns was him trying to go for a lateral drop that he effed up and ended up on bottom. Um Otherwise, I think his takedown defense was decent, and if it if he had this time to, you know, practice more, it should only be better. And I do think too, like coming off the loss um, immediately without kind of gaining some of that like aura back, some of that hype back. That like if he went in there and just trashed some other bum and like knocked him out, it's like okay, yeah, Izzy's back, man. You're like he got his feet wet again. And he why don't we great. do that? By the way, honest question: Is that because we, God forbid, we like pay the guy a decent check to beat a guy? We like, do they think to, he did like tune up fight? I'm not saying he's got to fight like a guy off the street, but give him like number like give him some vet who's number thirteen. I don't know what the rankings are right now, but you know what I mean. Like, give him like a tough like yeah. give him a Cerrone That's, type at middleweight, you know, or something like that. It hasn't really been UFC's place to have tune up fights, which happen. Often in combat sports, if someone's not doing well, you give him a fight where he can kind of win and, and showcase himself. And it builds his aura back up. It builds the kind of credibility of him back up. But UFC is not interested. You know, it's dog eat dog, I guess. Well, because they, they don't care about protecting the actual star. That It doesn't matter. Does that, the, the train keeps no. going, right? It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. So. so, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, if, if Izzy can make some big adjustments here. He obviously did well. I think technically he's going to do okay, but I think Pereira is just going to have that mental game where it's like I, I could turn this guy off whenever I want. I just need to push it. So I'm go with Pereira. Yeah, to be clear, I think if it goes to decision, though, that's not Pajedo's victory. I think he's got to finish him. I think I think in a I think in a decision it goes Izzy's way. My two cents at least, but I think we're all picking Pajedo anyway. Um, co-main event: Jorge Masvidal. Um, he'll be f crying some good tears tomorrow when his hero goes to jail. Um, talk about the president, ex-president. Masvidal is coming off of three losses. Two of those are title fights. Man, got back-to-back -back title fights. The next one is Colby Covington, where he got laid. He got wrestled for five rounds, if I remember correctly, more or less. Um, and then he got his retribution punching Colby Covington outside of a poppy steak in Florida. Shout out. Well done. Um, so Okay, that's a good joke. Poppy steak and well done, Bobby. Very good. That was not on purpose, but I'm glad I worked out. Um, Gilbert Burns. I feel we have not seen Gilbert fight since Matt. Oh, we fought Magny. I remember that one. Yeah. Because no one wanted to him. fight him. Because yeah. Bilal didn't want to fight him. Colby, Colby really doesn't want to fight him. Colby's been dodging uh, Gilbert Burns for fucking two years, basically. Um He's going to get a title shot now. It's interesting. Um, came back to from that loss to Kamzat, which is a very close fight. If you go back and watch it, by the way. Um, excellent fight, too. Came back to fight Neil, to beat Neil Magny and just ran through him. Knife through, hot knife through butter. Um, betting odds for this one are appropriately uh, one-sided. With uh, Masvidal coming in around plus 400 on most books. 
Gilbert Burns coming in around minus 500. Mike, go ahead and go make your pick. Yeah, this is going to be an easy one, I think, probably for all of us. I'm going with Gilbert Burns here. Uh, even though I have stopped betting uh, for the for the foreseeable future, I still do like visiting the FanDuel website because I'm a FanDuel man. And to give you some stats, even though Masadal is, I guess, presumably the, the better striker, at the very least the better boxer, um, in terms of stats, Burns still lands more significant strikes per minute, 4.11, than Masvidal, 3.42. Has the better striking def- uh, defense, 64% to 54%. And the area that Masvidal is most likely going to have issues is Burns has a 49% takedown accuracy rate to Masvidal's 47% takedown defense rate, which what the kids would call not good. So you got Moss. You got uh, Burns. That is correct. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how Jorge wins this fight short of a Ben Askren-style type look, one sh- one hitter quitter. And Gilbert's got a good chin, man. Gilbert's got a real good chin. Gilbert Gilbert almost got Camaro in the first round. You're back and watch that fight. He almost got him. Um, he's that good in this weight class. I don't think a lot of people can beat him. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is five rounds. Does anybody know? Like it should be. Uh, why would it be five rounds? Because yeah. it's the co-main event of a pay-per-view, and there's only one title fight. That's my reason. I'm not saying has it's that like, ever been the line of demarcation. Well, I, I think it's only Nate, been Diaz. Nate and it. Leon went yeah. five rounds. Somebody else went five round two. That was a non-title fight. I forgot what it was. I don't know. It doesn't make a difference. I think Gilbert's going to take care of business. Mark, you on the same page? Yeah, yeah. Um, the only way I could see, Hor- I mean, maybe he catches him with something. If he could stop the takedowns, and I do think sometimes Jorge technically on his feet can be a little bit sharper than some of these other guys. I do think Gilbert maybe like isn't the sharpest guy on the stand-up, but he just hits really hard, and he, and he throws leather. Um, yeah, I still got burns all over this one. I, th- I think especially if he takes him down. You know, We've seen Jorge get submitted before, and I, I could see that happening again. All right, clean sweep there. Chalk is with us. Uh, next one up. This is a this is a deep card in terms of talent. I love this fight. Uh, Rob Font, Adrian Yanez, Rob Font back to back losses to Jose Aldo and Marlon Vera. Feels like we haven't seen him in a while. Oh, we haven't. Hasn't fought in a year. Um, Adrian Yanez. Um, really enjoyed his last fight with Tony Kelly because Tony Kelly talked so much shit, then missed weight, and then got absolutely fucking trounced. I'm a big fan of Yanez in general. I think he's got, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Betting lines for this one. Um, we got Yanez coming into this one as the favorite at minus 180 to Rob Fonts plus 155. Man, I thought I was going to make some money on Yanez this one. Not that I'm 100% confident. Rob Font is a, uh, uh, as Pat McAfee and the boys would say, dog. 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 Fucking dog. Um, I... Yanez is, I think Yanez is very talented. I think someone's going to sleep, personally, the way these guys both throw. But I got Yanez. I know I could have had Mike go first, but I I, I like Yanez. I want to talk about him. I, I got Yanez. Mike, what do you got? Well, I am actually going to be the contrarian here. Um, I think that Rob Font is going to be a live dog in this one. A little surprising that I think Yanez is the favorite. Um, he's, he's good, but... 
I don't know. Give me the proven, the more proven commodity in this case. I really thought like I mean I was gonna pick Yanez. I thought it was gonna be like pretty much flip line. To be honest, I thought based on who Rob has fought, maybe the f- time off, but Yanez still hasn't fought in like seven months either. So I don't know. Mark, who do you got? Yeah. Um. There's a lack of knowledge here. I don't really remember Yanez. Um, and then just looking through the resumes, uh, yeah, for me, there, there's a lack of like yeah. high caliber fighters on his on his resume here. Um, now, since coming to the UFC, he's done extremely well. All of his losses were in the uh, LFA, and it's easy to say, like you know, maybe he's made some corrections from those you know lesser competition days, and now he's at a, he's at a level where he's going to be able to compete with the high end guys. Rob Front's going to be his first big test. Rob's had some troubles of his own. You know, he's lost two. I think that's probably why he's the underdog here is he's coming off two losses and Yanez is coming off a win. I'm still going to go with Rob, but it's not – there's no logic to it really. This is just looking purely at resumes and the caliber of fighters that they've fought against. You know, if I watched footage, maybe I could pick up on tendencies and potential – Issues one guy might have over the other, but just looking at resumes, I'm a little more impressed, even with a worse res- resume with Rob Font, um, than I am with Yanez. So I'm gonna side that way. All right, so me and Chalk are on the size of Mr. Yanez. So I mean, this, I mean, everything you guys are saying true, and if Yanez loses, I wouldn't be shocked. Just like the talent Rob Font has had to fight, you know, versus the talent Yanez has had to fight, it's very much a belief that he's gonna build, uh, he's gonna be able to meet this mark because Rob Font might, is, is gonna still be standing there, man. Rothbond is not easy to put away. He is, uh, he's got zero knockout losses. So maybe my idea that someone's going to sleep may not be true here. Um, we'll see. The next one down the line here. This is another fun one. Line's a little bit, a little bit, bit much, maybe. Um, maybe see if you guys agree. Santiago Ponzanibio, the man who was once the UFC's great hope in Argentina. Injuries, that injury really seems to have derailed that. Taking on the man who will not shut the fuck up, Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's a big favorite. Minus 250, Ponzinibbio plus 210. Kevin Holland, last time we saw him, he losing fights, man. He losing fights. Got a corner stoppage against uh, Wonderboy. Um, honestly, don't remember what happened in that fight that he got corner stoppage. Was he just getting his ass beat for 20 minutes? Like, do you guys remember that fight at all? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I can't even remember if there was like some type of injury he sustained too or something. I kind of thought like he might have hurt himself and kept fighting for a bit, and they're kind of like, "Yeah, we're 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 good here." I Three can't, I can't really oh, broken metacarpals in his right hand during the fight. Right. Uh, okay. So I think it was one of those things where it's kind of obvious. Like I think it wasn't going knew, well. Like, yeah, he can't. It also wasn't going well. I don't think either. I think it was definitely down. I don't think they stopped the fight if he was winning. Right. Oh, Mark froze. I mean, yeah, I gotta no, assume no, I, not. He, no. Yeah, he. I don't think he was winning, and, and he was injured, and they're kind of like, I, I think we're good here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ponzinibbio bounced back from back-to-back losses, knocked out Alex Morono in the third round back in December. Um, Mike, what are you thinking, buddy? Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to be going with Holland here, um, simply just because Ponzinibbio. Um, not the greatest takedown defense. I think Colin can take advantage of that. Grand out of victory. Mark? Yeah, I'm going with Holland too. Um, the the sad tra- uh, truth is, like, I never really got on the Ponzinibbio 
train. I know Bobby was always you've always been kind of like a big yeah, proponent big of fan. him. At his height, I still didn't really see it. Like I think he's he's got decent stand up, but that's kind of all I see from him. Uh, so I, I think Kevin is a little bit more well rounded. Yeah, if he can utilize a ground game, I think his ground game is really good. Maybe he can catch um, Ponzinibbio down there, though he's never been submitted. That's kind of what I was. I looked at the records. I was like, if Ponzinibbio has been submitted, I think oh Kevin he never might been be able to catch him. He's never he's been never tapped. been tapped out. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still looking at recent performances, you know, he, he did, he's coming off a win, which is good. He's right. He's right. The trained a little bit, but those other two losses do stick out a little bit. So yeah, going with, uh, Holland. I, uh, that injury took a lot out of him, man. That injury took a lot out of him. I think it was ACL. It was something with his, it was a lower, like like lower body injury. And I was like watching fucking, um, Tiago Santos, Maheta former UFC title contender watch uh, fighting on PFL this past weekend. And that man wasn't the same post-John Jones fight. You guys remember? Where he tore everything in his knees and it's just, it takes a lot out of you. And I honestly think Kevin Holland needs to reevaluate some shit about the way he's fighting. Um, And his general approach here, in general, like uh, his approach to stuff. But I cannot in good conscience pick Santiago to win this fight. I think it's going to rule, to be clear, this fight. I think this. I think both of these last two fights we mentioned are going to fucking rule. I think they're going to be a really good time. But I, I got I got Kevin Holland also. So, all right, the children fighting. Uh, well, one child, Raul Rosas Jr., Christian Rodriguez. Um, Raul Rosas Jr. is like. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. How does he not have a? I'm gonna complain. How does he not have a Wikipedia page with all this? Uh, Raul Rosa is still like a few weeks away from finishing finals. No, I think he's like 19, isn't he, or something? I thought he was in high school. I thought he was, and then he like, let's see, how old is he? He's he's 18 years old. He would have graduated in 2022. Would he have? Because I mean, there's a lot of people that like October 2004. I don't know, man. He's um he's seven and zero. Oh. He's talking about he's talking about uh being a three weight champion or some bullshit. And I don't know. He's young. He never heard of Brandon Vera and what happens when you say put these things out into the world. Um, Christian Rodriguez, also a young man, twenty five years old, eight and one. Lost a decision to Jonathan Pierce. Bounced back and got one with Anaconda choke. Um, he's eight wins or seven by stoppage. Um. 5'7", 135, to Rosa's 5'9", 135. I mean, I'm just going to tell you what I told my brother when my brother said he was going to bet on Christian Rodriguez, who's not that big of an underdog, because Christian Rodriguez is only coming into this one plus 195 to Raul Rosas Jr.'s minus 230. The UFC, it's not that Christian Rodriguez can't win, it's that the UFC did not hire this child, did not sign this child and put his fight on pay-per-view and I think his first fight was on pay-per-view or was it on – it was either on pay-per-view or it was like main car. Well, there was something about his first fight that people are like, oh, this, you know, yada, yada, It was yada, on yada. December 10th at UFC 282. Yeah, um, I think he was – it says he's – It doesn't a, say when it was. I can't remember if yeah, it was on the so either – yeah. So, But it was a high-profile position. I'm not, again, not saying Christian Rodriguez can't win. I'm just saying he was booked to lose this one. Okay, so I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with this with uh with with Raul Rosas Jr. at minus two thirty. I think he's gonna win. Um, I've never seen Christian Rodriguez fight, so maybe he might be awesome. But right now, I just feel 
they booked C-Rod here as his nickname is to lose, so I'm going to go with Rosas. Mike? I'm going to be going with Rosas as well just because of familiarity, and I did some research. As of a news article in December of this past year, he was still in high school. I mean, Mark, Mike, Mark, does that uh, make a difference in your picking here? You got Rosas or do you got uh, the other one? Uh, yeah, no, I have Rosas for the same reasons you do, Bob. Like, yeah, I, I think they see a potential star here. Um, I mean, I don't think they're putting him against a slouch. You know, eight and ones, nothing to hoff at. Um, and again, like, I don't really know the, the level of competition either of these guys have faced. But I have to agree with you that the UFC sees a star here. Um, they're positioning him on pay-per-views to get more eyes on him to elevate him now you know it, it's a it's a fight anything could happen but i have to imagine that they're hedging their bets that he's going to be able to overpass this hurdle so yeah i got um rosas as well um all right and we're picking one fight from the undercard cliff cliff curtis who was so angry that they that he was not he got moved from the he thought he was gonna be on the main card against kelvin gaslam but he says he got. He was so angry that a fucking child is going to be ahead of him on that. Going to be on the main card instead of him. He's fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Chris Curtis um, beat Joaquin Buckley by knockout in the second round back at UFC 282. Looked fucking great doing it. Bounced back from that loss to Hermanson, which, quite frankly, threw a lot of cold water on how a lot of us felt about the run he was on. Um, Kelvin Gastelum, man, when isn't Kelvin like Kelvin Gastelum's career at a crossroads, guys? When isn't it? Um, he's lost. Two straight. He's lost five of six. The only win in there is to Ian Heinish. Um, this is... He's been in five-round fights a lot recently. Um, betting odds for this one. I think I got to go to best fight odds because I don't see it on the UFC website. Kelvin Gastelum is coming into this one as the slight favorite to Chris Curtis. Is plus 110. Almost a pick him. Mike, who do you got? Uh, this is me having... Really, no more faith in Kelvin Gastelum. Give me the 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 guy who's all butthurt that he got bumped from the main card. Yeah, I got the angry guy too. I just can't. I mean, look, Mark, you have an opportunity here to pick the favorite, but like, I'll say this: my, the one reason, the one thing that almost made me pick Kelvin Gastelum is that his back is against the wall here on a level that his career is on. His UFC career is on the line here. I don't think in good conscience they send him out there again if he loses six of seven fights. So I still got Cliff Curtis, but Kelvin Gastelum is going to throw everything he has into this one. You hope he showed up in shape. Um, I changed my mind. I'm taking Kelvin Gastelum. Mark, who do you got? Uh, <laughs> I tell you, go ahead, Mark. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, I thought I was really going to join get me, one. Mark. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Well, yeah, I was going to. I was going to pick Gastelum. I, I like Chris Curtis. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't gotten a lot of looks at him. Um, I thought the Buckley fight he did really well. He's a fun stand-up fighter. Um, and that's kind of why I'm picking against him. Yeah. Uh, Calvin's never gotten knocked out. He's extremely tough unless he's going to be able to get a decision on him, which, you know, that's, that's how Curtis wins his other fights. You know, the ones he don't, he doesn't knock him out. He usually gets a decision. Um, I can just see Kelvin just having more tools, um, being desperate and not probably caring if this fight is exciting or not. I think he knows he needs a W. So if I have to clinch this guy up against the cage, and win a boring fight that's how i'm gonna do it um i'm not gonna stand there and bang with this kid uh so i think and again and then you can look at the 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 caliber of fighters you know i mean his record is abysmal in his last six fights but these are these are top dogs right like these these are kind of the cream of the crop 
former champions and contenders um, and, and some tough losses in there too. So um, yeah, I, I'll go with Gaslam and I don't have too much hesitation and I really wish Bobby would have picked Curtis because I think I could have got up a little, little point here, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's why I got it. Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm tied with you back there. You need to catch Mike right now. I'm not a bit concerned. Mike's in first. Mike's coming from my belt. See if Mike wins one of these things. Get a point on both of you. That's nothing but glory for me. So get a point on Mike. Fine. One point on Mike. Whatever. People are wondering but how I'll long we're gonna, how long we're going to keep this this picking thing going. Really, until Mike wins one, at least, because that's where most of the fun is at this point. <laughs> to be honest, is is for me at least. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Just making fun of Mike. I mean, that's what it is for me. <laughs> so, um, rest of this card not bad at all, quite frankly. Um, I like Mearshart and, um, Joe Pfeiffer. I like Joe Pfeiffer. I don't know where I saw him fight, but I had a good time doing it. Carl Williams, Chase Sherman. That should be a fun one. Cynthia Calvijo versus Lupita Godinia. See what Cynthia's up to. Then we get to the part where I don't necessarily know a lot of people. Wouldn't really cool if they, uh, asked, uh, they had Max Holloway and, uh, Arnold Allen on this card. You know, they're fighting next week, but you know. Whatever. Um, but overall, I think if you use, I mean, I think the co-main event, I guess it doesn't need to be five rounds given how I think how one-sided I think it's going to be, but I think it should be. But it's a pretty good card. We'll see how they do at the Miami-Dade Arena. Formerly, um, has no name anymore. Wow. It's no longer the FTX. That's why. Okay. That'll do it. It's no longer the FTX Arena. That'll do it. That is why. <laughs> It being a floor, it being sponsoring a Florida arena mic is almost too perfect. Just want to point that out. It's just almost too perfect. It's just uh, about right. Yeah. Um, before we get into um, stuff we like, a couple notes. Um, Roy Jones Jr. lost a boxing match to Anthony Showtime Pettis. Um, at Game Bread Roy Boxing. Roy Jones is like 55 Yeah, Game Bread, Game Bread Boxing. Um, with uh, I I think Game Bread Boxing is what Yuzufa Boxing should be, to be honest, Mark. Like I think like they should just get old fighters who don't want to wrestle anymore and be like, you guys want to throw hands? Okay, sure. I mean, or or literally do anything with it because they've done nothing. Well, I think, I think I think the Ali Act is part of the thing here. I think they are just boxing regulations that won't let them run but roughshod over the, the talent. But but the Ali Act is the reason why. They put on one co-promotion like 10 years ago and they literally haven't done shit with it since. I don't buy that. They just made this to do the Connor thing and I then they're like, eh, whatever. Well, I mean, now I agree with you. This would that, that would have been a good pivot, but they don't give an F. So, I mean, hell, whatever. man, we got a new company that's got pro wrestling and uh, MMA. Let's get some boxing in there. But no, I think I saw Jeremy Stevens and Jose Aldo throw down and it was good. Everybody th- I thought it was pretty entertaining, which I think we all knew that was probably going to be pretty entertaining to watch because those guys aren't totally washed or anything. Um, I guess Jacare mm-hmm. and Vitor was okay. I don't. I didn't hear anything about the Pro Gonzalez fight, but I really think this is what they should be doing. They have all these aging fighters. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Put on. Put it in the fucking. You know, doesn't have to be in the apex, but put it in like a ten thousand seat arena or like an eight thousand seat arena. Give me. You know, Anderson would box. They got Anderson by the way coming to the fights this weekend. They have Anderson, Vitor, uh, Dan Henderson, and Chael hosting a Q and A. Um, I think another name for the Q and A probably could have been here's Anderson and three guys Anderson beat. Um, you know that would that would work. Anderson and guys he's four and zero against. Another name for the thing they could go with. But yeah, uh, kidding aside, I think it would have been you know 
Why couldn't they do Anderson Silva versus fucking, I don't know, Chael in boxing? Or Anderson Silva versus give me a light heavyweight, you know, versus Chuck Litton. Chuck's not the best example. But give me a, some guy, you know, him and all these guys are beat up. GSP and Anderson, somebody. Give me, I think they could get aging fighters and add them box. I don't think this was a good idea, actually. I don't know if they sold made money. I hope Jorge, I hope Jorge didn't take a bath on this necessarily. But I think, I think it was an interesting idea. Um, and then we got some news. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Prehera at UFC 289. Those are the types of fights I want to see Wonderboy take at age 39. Wonderboy with other dudes who throw, who throw, who throw strikes, right? I mean, that's, that sounds like a good time. Um, and there's a rumor going around, um, not a lot, I mean, not a lot of juice behind it yet that Bellator's welterweight champion is going to walk out the door to go to the UFC. Ooh. Which is one of their best fighters. I'm talking about Yaroslav Amosov. Just came back from fucking war to, you know, defend his title. Uh, the Ukrainian dude. Yeah, exactly. Amosov's awesome. So, we'll see. Um, Michael Chiesa's off this card this weekend. He was going to fight uh, the Leech. But the Leech has got like a fucked up neck injury from training. Um, narrowing of the spinal, causing hernia. It's a bunch of words that make you think uh, he probably shouldn't be fighting uh, a lot anymore. Um, But we'll see. Um, Besides that, I guess let's just make some... uh, Let's just uh, talk about stuff we like. Um, Yeah. Um, I got a couple of WrestleMania things to talk. I would talk about I'll talk about WrestleMania with Mike, but besides that, I really don't have anything else. Um, Mark, do you have anything? Let's go with that first. Uh, yeah, I had one correction from last week. I was wrong. Uh, Resident Evil Four is on last gen- generation consoles, and you can kind of tell because sometimes when you open some doors, it takes freaking forever, and they're loading, they're hiding loading screens there. Um, still love it. I've been playing a lot of more, more of it, and it's been really great. Um, outside of that, I did see the new Dungeons and Dragons movie Among Thieves. Um, and thought it was very enjoyable. I really had a good time. I'd mentioned previously um, talking about Vox Machina. I, I think it is difficult to do fantasy and comedy well. Uh, there's lots of examples of it not going well. Um, and I think this is an example of it being pulled off very well. Um, I think it really hits the mark. And their cast is, is a lot of actors and actresses that like I'm not super fond of, like uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Chris Pine. I think they're fine. There hasn't been a lot of vehicles they've been in that I've been a big fan of or have been super interested in like their work. And I think they did an excellent job here. I've also, um, I am a fan of uh, Justice Smith, who was in Detective Marcus, Pikachu. Marcus, it was Chris Pine and who? Uh, so Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Hugh Grant. Oh, right on. The black dude yeah. from uh, the horny Victorian show from Netflix. Bridgerton. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Don't know that one, but... Uh, yeah, I think they did a really good job. I, and I think there is kind of this a bit of a renaissance with Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I've talked about previously with Vox Machina that like it is much more in the zeitgeist now is it is seen as a cool, fun thing. And I think a lot of that is coming from kind of the shenanigans that come when you play these role playing games with friends. Right. I think that that is kind of an aspect of the game that a lot of people weren't really highlighting in. Of course, I'm freezing again. There we are. You're back. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the humor, I think, is just something that hasn't really been adapted well when kind of portraying fantasy role-playing 
type stuff. It's always kind of like very serious and like, oh, we're doing this for the greater good or whatever. And, you know, when you actually play, you're with friends and you're cracking jokes and, and, and having a laugh of it. And I think that is something that a lot, a lot of these productions are kind of looking at and being like, okay, this is kind of where we need to get more of our meat. It's less about, oh, isn't it fun to be an elf? And, and it isn't fantasy such an interesting, you know, place to play in. And it's really like, this is something where shenanigans and, and, and humor can come from with kind of the ridiculousness of this world that you're in. And leaning into that, I think, has been very um, profitable for for these kind of crossovers. So, yeah, it was really good. I totally recommend it. If you're I, I think even someone who doesn't has no interest in Dungeons and Dragons or even in fantasy that much can still very much enjoy this. Marcus, I got a question. It, it does not need that. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed and this is just me? look just at least my impression of it but have you noticed an increase in popularity in dungeons and dragons and that type of i don't know what's it what's a strategy role playing yeah, tabletop like, role playing there games. we go have you noticed more of a I, maybe i'm just noticing it more because i sit across from you five days a week and i know you're into it but i just thought there's been more of it out there just more people talking about yeah. it. Is it is it true? Does that do you get the same sense of it? Well, yeah, and, and a lot of this has to do with critical role and a lot you know podcasts being like a what do they call them? like real play podcasts where you're basically just listening and watching other people play long campaign stretches. Um, it's becoming more and more popular for sure. And I think it was I mean it was around the time when critical role started that I garnered an interest. They they. You know, Dungeons and Dragons had a new red box, and I sniffed of it. And I think I think it's just one of those things. That I think a lot of people have heard of it, and there might have been some weaning interest. And now that it's more in the zeitgeist, it's a lot easier to approach. Yeah, this shout now. out to like, Stranger Things too. They talked about it. Most sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, and a lot of things. And you know, it's funny. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, I didn't know it was actually directed by the main kid from Freaks and Geeks. You know, like the brother. He's the director, and like, and they had, I think, a couple. Of John Daly. Dungeon. Yeah. Is that his name? John, John Daly. Daly? John, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I agree. I think you're right, Bobby. Like, there is a lot of big properties that have that in it a little bit, and and again, like, not as like, oh, this is something that recruits dorky people can only be interested in. It's kind of one of these things where it's like those types of people have been drawn to it, but it's appeal is bigger than that. And it can be interesting to anybody who, you know, has an imagination, likes to pretend or can visualize storytelling in a way. And I think, you know, most people can, I think if you read a book, you're visualizing what's happening on the page in your head and adding on to what's on the written page. And much like when you're playing a role-playing game, like, you know, the dm or your game master is telling you that oh this is a creepy dungeon um but in your head it, it it's a lot more nuanced than that there's a lot more detail there you're building out all of the things that aren't being said and making it into more of an adventure than maybe what you guys are discussing you know in the game and i, I think that's part of the fun you know like a lot of times when i make characters and have campaigns i think about it weeks after about like what it would have been like or how it really would have felt or what my character would have felt or what my character's backstory is and what it would be like to live in this world where these abilities and creatures all 
Cohen line and and it doesn't even work with just Dungeons and Dragons. I think any tabletop role playing game where you're kind of telling a shared narrative story, it there's just so much to chew on there that even after you're done playing, you keep thinking about it and you know the little details and the different things that happen and stuff. It's just it, it's really intriguing and, and it is it's also something that's kind of tough to um, just tell somebody how fun it is. You kind of have to experience it yourself to kind of get that and, and potentially not for everybody too. Maybe. Some people play the game and they're bored to tears and it's just not something they're interested in. Or maybe some of the mechanics that are random with dice rolling don't really interest them or they don't like not having more control in those aspects. But um, yeah, it can be very stimulating for someone I feel who is kind of creative and imaginative and can kind of fill in those gaps and kind of make it to be more than what it seems. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, to that end, that last thing you said, um, this past weekend, I had one of the more, one I think one of the more weirder couples dates I think I've ever been a part of. In that, do tell. Um, my girlfriend, myself, and uh, my friend and his his wife, we actually ran a D and D session. Um, I had played when I was a kid, um, and 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 into my teenage years, and so. The point you said, Bobby, about it being more in the zeitgeist, has it gotten more popular? I think it has, but I think also what's led to its more visibility is the fact that I think back when we were younger, um, back, you know, about 10 years or, or more ago, saying you were into D&D, it was basically just, you know, advertising that you were, you know, a massive nerd, Um I remember uh, in when in my 20s or like later on in my high school years, if I ever wanted to just like, uh, you know, give my nerd credentials, I'll say, yeah, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. My favorite character was Ren, my fighter thief back in the second edition. They'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? Whereas now, you know, um, people realize it's, you know, it's it's enjoyable. Um you know, so uh, I think a lot more people are starting to get into it or just starting to actually just admit that they played it in the past and maybe are up to playing it again. And back to this uh, previous weekend, you know, uh, it seemed that the two people that hadn't played it before amongst the four of us, they they really enjoyed it. Um, they they got really into creating uh, backstories and, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the main things about D&D is that you just want to make sure everyone has fun. But there were certain things where I just had to tell the my friend's wife, no, 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 that, that can't be in your backstory. For example, Mark, she's playing a high elf, and she wanted her backstory that she was enslaved by Drow Elves for 150 years, but they allowed her the autonomy to go to the surface to go like liaise with people. It's like, no, 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 that, that wouldn't happen. They would have killed you. <laughs> sure, they would have yeah. killed you. Or if you were, if you were taken as, as a slave, yeah, you would have been a slave, slave. Not, not like, hey, go do this important thing for us. Anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting besides the point. Um, so D and D the movie, good to watch. Yeah, no, I totally recommend it. Again, even even someone who doesn't really has no interest in Dungeons and Dragons has no familiarity with it. I don't think you need it. They, they, they drop a lot of names that like, if you're familiar with the world, there's like, Oh, I've heard of these places. And a lot of them are the most popular 
places, you know, is uh, it, is it based that. out of forgotten realms? Yeah. I didn't know as much. I mean, honestly, I, we play mostly pathfinder instead of dungeons and dragons, but like, I think, yeah, I think it is in the Fey realm because you, they're basically most of the story takes place in Neverwinter, which I guess, oh, and shit. that's, a, yeah, really? I mean, that's like, yeah, one of the most popular yeah. locales in dungeons and dragons, they drop a uh, Baldur's gate, they talk about the Sword Coast, and these are all locations I've definitely heard about. Well, so Neverwinter um, is right on the Sword Coast, right, right, right. And I, and but I guess Neverwinter is part of the Fey Realm. I didn't really. Fey, so the name of the world is Fey Rune, right? Okay, and yeah. that's yeah, that's what they, um, that's what they referenced uh, in the movie. It didn't, it didn't necessarily really read the Fey Rune to me because like when anytime I've seen it depicted, it's like it's very. Oh no no! So the Fey Realm is a different plane of existence. Okay. Fey Rune okay. is just the Fey Rune is just the name of the world in uh, Forgotten Realms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes more sense because that wasn't like yeah because the Fey Realm is kind of nuts, crazy, and it wasn't like that. It was more grounded. Um, but yeah, that stuff you don't need to know. Like they they drop those names and it does not matter if you know what they're talking about, Earl. And, and that being said. The movie is very fast paced. They're moving along, but it was also easy to kind of understand like what they're doing, like their goals and what they're trying to accomplish next was always pretty well stated and understood. And it didn't fall into the trappings that I fall into with like Lord of the Rings, where it's like, I'd have no fucking idea what they're trying to. I mean, the goal of like getting the ring to uh, Mount Mordor was very clear, but like a lot of the interstitial stuff they're doing is like, I have no idea why they're fighting these people, why these trees are helping them now like this movie doesn't fall into those trappings like it's pretty clear why they're doing the thing they're doing to ultimately achieve their goal um and that stays pretty focused throughout so like i think the movie is very streamlined like things move very quickly the movie is very snappy the action scene a lot was again yeah sorry it was good that's all i was saying it was good <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're muted, Bob. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you got anything before we do a quick WrestleMania recap? Uh, two quick things. Uh, Trump is going to get charged with 34 Melody Counts tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to throw something in there at the end. but. And the second thing is uh, baseball. Baseball came back baseball! On, <laughs> on Thursday. Um, my team's already down our all-world pr- uh, closer from last year, so my expectations are a bit tempered as to what the Mets will do this season. However, what won't rain on my parade is the fact I bought a 20-game package uh, this year to watch my Mets play, taking full advantage of the fa- fact I am five subway stops away from City Field. And the first game I go to is on Thursday, the home opener for the Mets. So, really oh, you got the home forward. opener? That's awesome, yeah, bro. Man, Were you able to yo. choose, or like, was it like random? So, one of the benefits of getting a twenty-game pack is that you get a home opener game. Man, I was about to look who you guys. Well, are... You get the home opener. I was about to look who you guys are playing on Thursday, and I'm looking. You guys got your dicks kicked in today. Oh, you know. 162 games, you know, just shake it off, take a cold shower, come back tomorrow. Hey, man, every team loses uh, 54 games, is it? Every team wins 54 games is what you do with the other 54 games. Exactly. Didn't you get swept by the Yankees? 
We're not good. We try to sign like five oh. different people. We try to sign the guy who had to put the home run in the fucking seats on this first at bat. Remember? That didn't go well. And then we try to sign the guy who has a bad who has a bad wheel, and then you guys were gonna sign him. And then you didn't sign him either because he had the bad wheel, right? He just went back home. Correa? <laughs> Remember that whole ordeal? <laughs> we were getting dunked on for a week, and then the Mets also were like, Yeah, man, this guy's got a bad wheel. We, <laughs> we don't trust this guy. <laughs> um, all right. Um WrestleMania 39. Um, Mike, I thought... Um, I don't know people got so angry about the main event. To be honest, with Roman winning. I thought... I I mean, look. In a vacuum, I thought it was fine. Right? Oh. Like, Brock, uh, Brock just turned on Cody. That was, that was a very short-lived partnership. <laughs> fuck. Okay. Um, ah. No, in all seriousness, I mean, in a vacuum, I thought the main event was real good. I thought it was a really exciting match. I had a good time watching it. Uh, I mean, outside of the vacuum, I'm wondering who's going to take the title off this man. But in a vacuum, I thought it was pretty good. What would you think? Well, I think it's that um, one of the – I think another part of a match is also how it finishes. And I think when you have a situation where people expect a certain outcome when – you know, you're building towards something. And would it have been predictable? Yeah, but then people kind of want certain things from their wrestling, all right? And AEW as be predictable Co as hell. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You still love it. Right? Give me that story. Hangman, it makes sense, baby. <laughs> when Hangman won the title, everyone knew Hangman was going to win that title. And how loud was that pop? That loud, that pop was deafening. Everyone knew that at uh, Grand Slam, the acclaimed were going to win the title. And you know what? I was there for that one. That didn't make it any less deafening when it happened. All right. I'm going to give. I'm going to still assume that Triple H is still in charge. And based off the episode of Raw. Wow. You're, you're, you are. <laughs> He's you are not in charge. <laughs> He's not in just, charge, but okay. <laughs> just just based off the fact that this last episode of Raw, they're continuing the feud. Maybe maybe they'll keep this hot until like SummerSlam, and then then Roman loses it. Then to who? Maybe Jay it's Cody. I think it's got to be. Cody. I think Jay's the only option at this point. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match, though, man. I'm really I Roman Reigns is awesome. I didn't. I mean, honestly. It, that, that I mean, I'm making a bunch of jokes. That felt like a Vince ending to the pay-per-view. Just swerve for the sake of swerve. I thought it was a good show, though, man. I thought the first night was better. I really enjoyed the tag title match with the Usos against KO and Sammy. That was... They had to win. Um, I thought everything going on in the Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio thing was perfect. I mean, that was literally a perfect... From, like entrance package from like video package to entrances to the way the match played i thought the whole thing was perfect i would have had dom go over but i was right to seeing what i saw on raw that they want to extend this story they got they got they got to go to puerto rico i think i fucking called bad bunny and ray against dominic and priest by the way i think that's where we're headed i fucking said that thing um i thought Rhea and charlotte um it was like the jordan meme about like i took that personal when they didn't make the main event because there was they thought which, by the way, Mike, this shouldn't have been main event. There was no story, right? No. Like, there was no, no. story. The other one's the best story in the company. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, the three dudes, the three big meaty men slapping meat on Sunday was maybe the best match they put on, the best match match of the weekend. They were just hitting each other. Just open hand beating each other's asses for 20 minutes. Right? Oh, yeah. like, it was so them chests, loud. Them chests were beat red by the end. I thought that was awesome. I saw, and I thought that uh, Snoop Dogg's ability to ad lib. Shout impressive. out, man. Mark, you hear about this? What's this now? So, uh, the WrestleMania was two nights, right? And mm-hmm. Miz is hosting hosting WrestleMania with Snoop Dogg, right? Mm. So, the first night, they're out there, and um, Miz is like, oh, who can, like, nobody wants a piece of me, or whatever. And then um, mm-hmm. Snoop brings out Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee beats Miz in, like, three minutes, okay? Okay. Then the second night, they do it again, and this time, Snoop brings out Shane McMahon. And then Shane McMahon blows out his quad 10 seconds in. Oh, doing, no. a leap, doing a leapfrog, he blows out his quad. Um, very McMahon style, blowing out your quad right there like that. So they have to adapt. And then um, Snoop like clubs the Miz. And apparently the referee <laughs> told Snoop, do the people's elbow. So 50-year-old Snoop does the, does the people's elbow, moving at a glacial pace. <laughs> but the elbow looked nice. Right, Mike? Right. The elbow looked nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they did a good show, man. I thought overall, I mean, I thought it could have been one night, really. Like, there's a lot of just filler, I feel, some of these matches. I don't know why Logan Paul needs to be on this. I mean, I do know why he's on it, but, like, why? Um, I thought it was a good show, though, Mike. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I thought they, did a good, they had a good WrestleMania, just overall. They didn't like the ending necessarily, I, but. I thought overall uh, both nights were pretty good. Um, even the matches where I thought, I mean, this match really didn't need to be here. There were no stakes at all in this match. Uh, there were still some pretty good matches. Even like the showcase matches, um, weren't, weren't bad, bad themselves. So I thought hands, um, hands up, uh, four, four, four thumbs up for this WrestleMania out of five. Yeah. So, um, but to be honest, the one thing that mars it for me is is the fact that Cody didn't win didn't win the title. Um, I think I am more more than anything an, an AEW guy, even though I still do watch WWE. And granted, I know that Cody is the epitome of WWE. I mean, his his dad was Dusty Rhodes. His brother was uh, was gold dust. They fucking trained him from the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> they trained him, but for me, I really I didn't know Cody Rhodes at all until I started watching AEW. So for me, that's where I know him from. So for me, he's an AEW guy. My dude, they had him come out, kiss his beautiful child, kill beautiful wife, and his beautiful biracial baby. We know Cody saved the world from racism back during the Go Go Food feud. Never forget. Yeah. You also recognize that Cody Rhodes is a biracial baby. That is true. Cody's mom is Cuban. Um, yeah. yeah, I was waiting for him to join the Latino World Order the other day. It was going to be great. Um, then they had negative one right there, Brody Jr. And they, they Michael Cole acknowledged saying, hey, we got Brody Jr. This, it was funny them saying we got Brody Jr. They called him little, little Brody. They called him little Brody, the son of... Luke Harper, and I'm just like, all right, man, call him John Huber. You know, I don't know. We also, at this point, I think 
A lot of people know him as Brody, but like they brought the guys, they brought the dead, the dead guy's son to sit in the front row. That's the fucked up. And part. they brought when like his I, when wife I saw and negative his baby. One, <laughs> when I saw negative one there, I'm like, yo, he's obviously gonna win, right? Yeah. Like they're not gonna, That's they're not gonna have this dude's fucking son here just to, just just to watch Cody lose, right? Nah, that's cold blooded. Yeah, I thought that was. I mean, that honestly, the main event was a Vince call. You can't convince me otherwise. It can't be done, man. Can't be done. Can't convince me otherwise. But I thought they did a really good job. So we'll see where they go from here. I think the logical guy to take the title off Roman, I don't know if it exists, but I just given the options available and where the story started, I think Jay doing it would be real cool. I don't know how we get there, but I think that'd be really cool. But good WrestleMania. Um, they're in Puerto Rico in a month with Bad Bunny. How lucky are they that fucking Bad Bunny loves wrestling, man? Just well done. Well fucking done. Okay, um... We're going to be back next week um, where we're going to talk about, quite frankly, I might be interested in the main event next week more than I'm on any of the car fights on this pay-per-view. Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway, because I got a lot of questions. Because Arnold Allen is like 10-0 and in the UFC. And Max Holloway, have we hit the wall? We're going to see there. Um, that's happening next weekend. Um, and uh, I thought the one pay-per-view was coming up and now i have no idea when it is may 5th may 5th okay that's how mighty mouse was doing press that's why i was a little you know yada yada um but yeah we're gonna talk about holloway and allen we're gonna see if we have a new middleweight champion we're gonna see um what happened with um jorge masvidal and gilbert burns and um mike over under two and a half ww wrestlers in the crowd for this pay-per-view that's in Miami. Maybe I should raise it from two and a half because half the wrestlers um, in the world live yeah, in Florida. Man, that's four that's and a half, Mike. Four right and a half is now the over under. <laughs> I'm saying over ten. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot. I think, I think we're going to see like Shawn Michaels and Triple H there. Quite frankly, too. Shawn Michael, Triple H, uh, Bobby Vince, McAfee there. I think I think Vinnie Mac's going to be there. I think Mac's going to be there. I think uh, Big E's definitely going to be there. The man I think lives in Tampa. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got them. We got them all, man. Yeah, we're, we're gonna see. Um, anyway, back next week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy the pay per view. Go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Huh? We got we got two guys. We got we got the stamp of approval from Mark. Mike's probably gonna go see there it. You, go. you know, watch some baseball. You know, get yourself a Peacock subscription because you don't know. Maybe all the UFC pay per views show up there in a couple weeks. We don't know. Or maybe don't get a Peacock subscription because the WWE pay-per-views are going to leave. Depends which way this goes, really. We'll see. Until then. Get it for Bel Air. Get it for Bel Air. Get it for Yellowstone. No, Yellowstone's the other one. Yellowstone's Paramount. Anyway. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Peace out. See ya. Yeah, Mark. I think Comcast doesn't like you i think it waits until recording time and just every few fucking every 20 minutes just let's fuck with this kid let's just fuck with this kid it was a little rough tonight <laughs> no nah, honestly it was only a couple times but it was yeah. always when you were saying some some like deep like some some watts yeah. yeah. good shit yeah i'm only saying good shit. <laughs> no real profound shit saying, right? though mark real profound shit all right guys thanks for listening bye